So welcome to another episode of the uh, NMRA British Region podcast. This is Gordy Robinson from the Scotland Division, and tonight I'm joined by Thomas. Oh, Thomas, how do you say your surname? Uh, Gazer. It's like Fraser, but with a G. Like Fraser with a G. Right. Okay. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. So, <laughs> so Tom's from the Twin Cities, and uh, Tom's uh, as I am involved with the NMRA's uh, social media channels and. You kind of do the Twittery stuff, and I kind of annoy you by sending Facebooky stuff to Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, I think we'll uh, that'll be cool. So, say hi to everybody, Tom. Well, hello everybody. Okay, so Tom, let's let's talk about. Tell us, you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to like do a full-on attempt to do a professional interview, which we're not good at, but but it's it's all cool. People kind of people actually listen to this. Um, so, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live? Go. Okay, I'll give you a quick synopsis. I hope. Uh, name's Thomas Gazer. I live in the state of Minnesota, like like Gordon said, in Twin Cities. I work for the Union Pacific Railroad as an engineer out of South St. Paul. I'm married. I got uh, three kids, four grandkids to chase around. My modeling. I'm modeling an HO scale. I model a iron ore hauler in northern Minnesota, basically in the 1960s, called the Split Rock Mining Company. We'll talk more on that later. Uh, my connection with the NMRA is I run their Twitter account, at NMRA Online, and try and help out Christina and Gordon as much as I can, and also with our region and division letter. So that's a basic synopsis about me. I guess you can ask away if you want to know more. There we go. Well, we got to do more. I got to like everyone's just asking now. Like <laughs> everyone will be there listening on the way to work and they're driving in the car or doing a bit of modeling, and they'll be just going like, right, okay. So Gordy asked this question, and Gordy will be now like getting his crystal ball out, going, oh, what questions? Are? So you're an engineer for the for the Union Pacific, so that's cool. How long have you been a How long have you been a professional railroader? Uh, well, just over 15 years now. I started uh, in 2003, changing careers from. Uh, White collar to blue collar. Sounds cool. I'd do it if I was in the States. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't. I don't think I could do it here. It's not so easy to start on the railroads in the UK. But uh, so what did you start as and did you go just straight away, become a trainee engineer and then become an engineer? Or did you do something? What did you do first when you joined the railroad? They hired me as a switchman in uh, South St. Paul. So I was on the ground working with engineers, throwing switches and working industry jobs and locals in the switch leads and also was remote control qualified. We run remote control engines in the yard for uh, switching the, the main yards. And then uh, they put out what they call bids is saying, okay, we're looking for six more people to be an engineer and then you could apply. And I applied for that. And then you go to fireman school and you train with the engineers and they send you to a couple week long school the Union Pacific has theirs in Salt Lake City, and you get to learn on simulators, and then you go back and run for six months. And then they either bless you or they don't, and they say, Here, here's a reverser, go get them, you know. Oh, cool. So you like, when you're doing your six months on the road, I take it you're like as an assistant engineer with a, being supervised. On, Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're basically, I, they, they call you a fireman, a, throw, a throwback term there, but. All right. Okay. But you, you don't work get, with various. You don't get to sit in the spare seat and go to sleep. I get it. No, not too much, unless the unless the run is like really really long and 
sometimes, you know, if, uh, if the trainer engineer, you know, I've trained a lot of new engineers now too, and you can kind of see their eyes glaze over. It's too much. You're like, okay, let's switch places. You know, you want to be safe all the time. So take the best course of action. So how far do you run? How wide do you run to from St. Paul? I have uh, rights to run east out of St. Paul towards Chicago. And the far, we run halfway into, into the middle of Wisconsin to a place called Adams. And then I also have rights to run north up to Duluth Superior on the, on the end of Lake Superior there. So a lot of miles if I want to do them. Now I have enough seniority that I'm working just in the yard within South St. Paul. I work an industrial job. So I get five days a week in a set schedule. It's pretty good oh, for an engineer. So lots of switching. Lots of switching, lots of industries, lots of working with other trains and things like that. Oh, that's cool. So here's a really cool question. So if you go to a model railroad to operate on a model railroad, what job do you pick? I like to pick the yard. I like switching cars if I can, if, if especially if it's a layout I haven't been there before. Or I'll find some little wayfreighter industry that's in one place that's kind of a layout of its own. You know, if somebody says, oh, here's a paper mill, I'll go work the paper mill <laughs> and stay out of everybody's way. Okay. The more time, the more times I've been to a layout, the more different jobs I would like to take all the way up to, you know, dispatcher or controller somewhere like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like a busman's holiday. Yes. Yes. Kind of, kind of cool. Okay. Well, that's cool. So, <clears throat> So you work your little switch job. What 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 locomotives are you running on your switch job? We get anything from a Jeep 38-2, 2,000 horsepower, up to an SD60. So, you know, based on where we have to go and how far and how many hills, they'll give us an engine. Usually a, a Jeep 38 or an SD40. So either a four or six axle, 2,000 to 3,000 horsepower. Works, works well for us. And is that just a single unit, or do you usually pick up yes. the we, we use a single unit unless uh, twice a week we go a 10-mile route out of St. Paul to a little town called Hazel Park, and sometimes we'll take two units when we go there. We're bringing a lot of potash cars up to an industry, and we'll need the horsepower to get up a, a, a steep grade on the Burlington Northern Santa Fe. Oh, that's cool. But is that, so is that joint trackage for UP? Yes. A lot of the Twin Cities where I work is joint trackage. So I'm actually qualified to run on the UP, the BNSF, the Canadian Pacific, the uh, Minnesota Commercial, Progressive Rail, and also Amtrak and the Twin Cities Westerns come through there. So I kind of carry a lot of timetables and know quite a few uh, trackage rights and I talked to three different dispatchers from three different railroads. Wow. That must be complicated. So in your crew, so what does, what's the makeup of your crew? An engineer and a, and a conductor, or do you, do you have a, a few of us with you? No, just two of us, an engineer and a switchman. An engineer and a switchman. And that's even when you go out on your longer trip? Correct, yeah. On the yeah. longer trips, it'd be an engineer and a conductor. It's always a two-person crew. Right, okay. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Okay. 
Right, that's enough professional railroading for now, I think. <laughs> I've got there's loads more questions and, and cool things like that. Uh, but we can get to that another time. So, um, NMRA-wise, uh, what, what made you want to do the NMRA's Twitter page? Well, I wanted to help out. I always wanted to get involved. And I, I followed the you know NMRA, and I see that uh, I, I like the modern technology of Twitter, Facebook, and things like that. And one of the things I noticed of the NMRA didn't have many Twitter accounts. So I started one up for my region, the Thousand Lakes region. And that was going well. And so then I tried to follow the national organization. And I noticed they hadn't sent out a tweet since the Grand Rapids Convention. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what year that is. That so I tried, yeah, so I tried contacting them and I said, hey, who's doing this? I, I would like to help out. You can see that I've done model railroad things before with the Thousand Lakes region and trying to help out the Twin Cities division and this and this. And so they eventually allowed me to do it. And and uh, it's just grown from there. You know, now adding Christina and, of course, yourself, it's, it's quite a bonus. But I just I just tried to find ways to help out in simple things that I could do. So. Yeah. And the you noticed though that when you did your Twitter that the British region has a Twitter account. Yes, and doesn't the Scotland region too? There's the Scotland division oh, does. Yeah, we're not a region. Oh, the Scotland division. Yes, yeah. yes. They, they I know everybody's getting it now. That that's one of my I don't know if it's my pet peeves, but it's one of the things I'm amazed at is European and British modelers love Twitter, and Americans are very slow to follow for model rarity. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I think. I don't know. I think Twitter's always been very popular in the UK since since it was launched here. Um, maybe a bit of a slow start, but then it really ramped up. We use a lot more Twitter. A lot of the media news outlets refer to Twitter and and things like that. When even when you're on the news, you can have it'll suddenly come up as such and such a person, a celebrity or politician has tweeted this, that, or the other. Um, even the local police station, even in the UK, even local bobbies have their own Twitter accounts that they use for work. So, like, in the village where I live, it's just near a town called Kakodi, and in Kakodi, the police sergeant in Kakodi, the, one of them is responsible for running a Twitter account all the time, and they'll tweet things like, we've just gone and lifted somebody for drink driving, or we've just gone and lifted somebody who had some pot or something like that and in uh Levenmouth, which is the, just along it's uh, an, an area of about forty thousand people just along the coast they um they tweet but they tweet in full scots so if you ever listen to the Levenmouth uh Levenmouth police on twitter you ever watch their feed they tweet in full scots dialect it's very, very difficult to understand what they're talking about. But so I need a, I need a translation. You would translate. You would need a translate. I think every, I think the people in the in England in the and Wales in the British region would need a translator. It's uh, very, very difficult. But yeah, Twitter's kind of more popular, um, especially you know sports clubs, sportsmen, sports fans. Facebook's not as popular in the UK, so the British region has its Twitter account. We've got a Facebook page, but we don't have a Facebook group. 
there are a few groups that I'm a member of that are American modelers in the UK, North American modelers, uh, British Fremo for American, well, North American, Brit, but British Fremo, which is run by the NMRA, British region. But we don't kind of, without, out with, out with those niches, we don't have like enough of a presence on, enough people on Facebook to go to Facebook, they go to Twitter. So like if you're doing an announcement for a new, model one of the manufacturers in the uk would tend to tweet that before they would put it on facebook you know just because i just think twitter works so much better you can follow better on twitter um you know i can you got you tweet something out for the nmra and it pings up on my phone and sends me an alert i know you can set that up with facebook but it's not you know it's not quite the same so i think that's and i don't understand i, I don't understand why in the states twitter's not as popular for modelers um i don't i don't think twin twitter is unpopular in the states but it does seem to be more facebook and there's still people who are still on yahoo groups i mean really like your data was probably lost on yahoo groups 10 years before facebook was even invented i mean it's crazy it, it, it's crazy <laughs> it's cra i found it crazy myself that people are still on yahoo groups <laughs> but but it doesn't yeah i just yeah, I just been invited to. I think they call them IO groups now. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll join that. See if anybody's posting. But I think there's so many advantages to Twitter that I see maybe why the UK modelers like it because you can post a video. I mean, just like a little 15 second video on Twitter of, you know, I see so many of the you know the British Rail or whatever trains just running through the station because we talked about smaller versus larger you know u.s layouts but you can feature that so much better on twitter mm. with a 15 second clip a 10 second clip of some mu's going by or shunting or doing whatever without people demanding you make a 40 minute video and i think a lot of times on facebook it's like well you posted 20 seconds where's the rest you're like you know and i'm like instead of enjoying it and clicking a like and a retweet people will start going where's the rest of your layout yeah, and you just and you just might have a four by two layout. Yeah, especially if it's a UK person. I mean, our yeah, our uh, we could do whole podcasts on some of these topics, and we probably should. Um, but I mean, our layouts are a lot smaller. Um, you know, a typical a typical room in a typical room in the UK is is less spare bedroom can be as small as six feet by well six feet by four feet or six feet by more commonly would be six by eight or less would be a spare room in the uk um whereas you get spare room layouts and i've got plenty of books by Kalmbach and others about spare room layout 10 10 foot by 11 foot and i'm thinking that's a master bedroom you know <laughs> like the houses are so much smaller um, that we don't have the space to set up and do the modeling, so we we do layouts that are a lot a lot lot smaller. They're very but I, they're more they're more intense, I think, and I think that that pays off on Twitter more. I I, 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 yeah, I I appreciate the intensity and the scenery and the detail and the you know the rolling stock and the people and the lighting, because when you're trying to do an American size, like a 20 by 20 or larger, you can't get to that for till until years into the process, you know? Yeah. And if you that were, was me, I'd have moved off and done something else. 
But the, yeah, I know I get you. I mean, the, the good thing with the UK stuff is we, we do small layouts. We can turn them around quite quickly. We can bang a lot of detail into them. I mean, there's uh, a guy we interviewed who's um, in the UK called Rob Clark, and he writes a, a column for Model Railroad Hobbyist magazine, which is a digital magazine, free for download. Google it. It's very, very good. Um, and, you know, he produces articles in there and he's just done a spread in the roundhouse magazine which is the british region's uh regional magazine which is fantastic uh, peter bowen is the editor and all credit to peter it's it's come on quite a lot in recent months since peter took over and it he's done spreads and full full a you know full page pictures and i can show people those pictures of that his layout and they're like that's real it's not that's not a model and he, the room is, I think his room is 11 foot by 8 or, or something like that. It's a tiny space that he's got this double deck monster layout. But it's it's done right. You, you know, you, you've got you've to pick your era. You won't find many HO scale layouts in the UK that are running a stack train that's got more than 10 cars on it. You know. Um, you won't find many layouts in the UK that can run more than a dozen cars behind a locomotive in scales bigger than N. Um, you, you know, that's why I think Fremo is much more popular in the British region than it than it maybe is in other regions in the States. You know, um, even then, when we set up a modular layout, and we think it's huge because the, the even the rooms in in our convention where we the hotels where we have our convention, I mean if we have our convention at Derby it's it's a huge room, so yeah we can set up a huge end scale layout that about twenty people can operate at the same time. However, that's nowhere near as big as what you'd see at a US show, you know it's nowhere near as big as what you would see at the National Train Show. But Rob's layout, because he uses gentle curves. With his scenery, nothing straight, running parallel to the to the front or to the back. It's it's all kind of very curvy, very fluid. But he's only using short trains, you know. It's only he, he models a short line in the 1920s, 1930s. So he's using six cars and a caboose. And uh, and he's his layout's not finished, but he's doing it. He's doing a scene and he's absolutely finishing that scene and then moving on to the next three feet of layout, which is probably different. From the US, I see a lot of, I don't know, I, do you see more layouts in the US than me, Tom? But I see a lot of plywood for a long time in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe with ballast, maybe not. <laughs> maybe. Well, I think that's the age-old argument about ballast. Do you do it before the scene or after? But if, if your person, like you said, he was modeling the 1920s, maybe six cars and a caboose is a train, is a little local. You know, I don't. It's tough to, like you said, tough to have a stack train or a unit coal train in that space. But I think if you you understand a compromise, you got to make six cars and a caboose will keep you busy for two hours. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. My my workshop has a layout in the workshop now that we take to divisional. We take it out to shows and promote North American modeling because that's kind of the difference the nmra in the british region is around modeling canadian mexican and, and american prototypes it's not around necessarily modeling british stuff although there are guys that do british stuff the majority of people join the nmra because they've got an interest in uh, you know modeling u.s prototypes 
Um, however, we so we take that that little layout out. It's six foot six long and twelve inches wide. You can run in. It's you can run in two cars and a and a loco. You can just fit an SD40 in the head shunt before uh, you kind of foul in the point or the turnout. So, um, but that layout, if you run it properly and you've got a sound equipped loco, you, it takes you 30 minutes to switch your train. But it only takes five cars and a loco on the entire the entire layout, you know. So, it, but it's still enjoyable. I mean, that's oh, totally. that's the point. I I think Americans have always been made to believe bigger is better for train layouts and maybe it is but you know i think a lot of people time is their most valuable asset so <laughs> if you're going to build a big one you better plan it out oh yeah project plan all the way definitely you need a project plan i think a lot of people tear down the layouts before they finish them as well um i mean the, the advantage of something small one of the big advantages that, that we have is you make a small layout you maybe need one or two locos so what's what's it well okay let's not talk about what they end up costing you in the uk but you can pick up in the uk a pair of locos for about 50 dollars second hand the, probably nowadays they're going to have a, a non-sound chip in them but they're going to be dcc ready or something like that you can easily stick a chip you can get a, a, a four function motor decoder in the uk for about 10 pounds it's about 15 dollars and you stick that in and you've got two locos there you can get easily can get 10 freight cars for for less than 100 pounds for 140 dollars way less um the advantage of only having two locos and 10 10 freight cars is you can super detail all 10 freight cars and you can super detail those two locos very you know very easily and then to build a layout that's only you know six foot long that will fit if you especially if you're in a condo or in, a, in an apartment in the UK, you're not going to have a lot of space. So you can build a layout that can fit on a shelf in a normal in a in a room and fit within that room. It, it's even if you could only spend, like I do, you only spend a few hours a week with your modelling. You could build that in six months and have it finished to a very good standard. Um, exactly. Exactly. And then you know, and the great thing is if you do want to build a big layout. My advice to anyone who wants to build a big layout is build something small and test everything and find what works and what doesn't work before you go and dive into this huge project. Even the person in the UK building a layout to fit a, a standard garage in the UK, which would be about 16 foot by 8, Tom. So not, not huge. Yeah. Yeah. Even that's a big undertaking. Um, you wouldn't want to do that and then decide halfway through you've made a, you've you've made a decision that's going to be a pain. So. Yeah, correct. I think you know, talk about model road hobbyist Joe, the publisher Joe Fugate. I hope I'm saying his name right. Calls those little layouts to start with a chainsaw layout because you're you know like you said a small like two what was your six six feet by twelve inches build it. Learn to hand lay some switches. Learn to do wiring. Learn to do this. And, and then you can move on to the bigger one if you're going to. But, like, you hit all the points. If you're going to do a smaller layout, you can have six of the best freight cars or passenger cars or the engine with all the decoder functions and all the lights because you don't need to invest your money in 50 engines and 400 pieces of rolling stock. When you start looking at the cost for metal wheels and better couplers and weighting them and stuff, 
that really adds up, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, I'm really, a, I'm really a fan of small and micro-sized layouts. I really enjoy those. Yeah, oh, definitely. And you said yourself, when you go to a bigger, a bigger layout, you're picking a smaller layout within a layout to run. You know, if it's just picking a, a yard, you know, it's like a layout design element. If you pick the job as being a, a yard master or a switch crew with a yard in a, you know, in a yard on a layout, you are stuck to that. 10 20 30 feet however big the yard is you're stuck in that space you don't move through the operating session you know and that is effectively a layout within a layout what we would do in the uk is we would just model that one section and if we wanted to we would just model the front of the yard so what you can do in seven feet in ho is very easily have a you know, start have a put a highway overpass to make the break between staging and and scenic side of your layout, and just build the end, the ladder at the end of the yard. Stick a rip track on there, stick a, a locomotive servicing point, and you know, and your main line going back into your staging. Done. You know, you can you can switch that very easily, and learn how to switch do a yard job in seven feet yes oh absolutely absolutely it's a good learning thing and a good fun thing to hand visitors or people at a show you know here's a throttle put these cars on that track give it a try absolutely you know and the thing for me is even if you want to go and get a loop of kato track or or kato track however you say it a loop of track and stick it nail it to a piece of plywood and run a train around it and that's what you want to do, and that gets you into the hobby, and you make a start. At least you've done something. At least it's a, a start, you know. There's there's a lot of I've know a lot of people. In fact, the person that got me into the into the hobby, well, not into the hobby, but into North American modeling, North American prototypes. He um, is now retired, very recently retired. He's got about 20 locos. He, the last count was way over 100 freight cars. Um, uh, he's got all the turnouts. He's got all the buildings. He's got all the plans for this dream layout he was going to build that was only 14 feet long. He's never cut a single piece of plywood. He's had the plywood sheets there piled up for 10 years. You know, that layout's never going to get built. And it's a real shame. A lot of people never, never build the layout that they wanted to, you know. Yeah, it it's tough, but I know people, a lot of people stockpile everything till they get to that one day. But do something now, enjoy the hobby. You know, find your fifteen minutes and enjoy it every day. Absolutely. Well, recently, so recent. Let's talk about recent NMRE things that we did in social media. So, very recently, we did our kit contest with yes. uh, on social media, which was we learned a lot from that. <laughs> we learned a heck of a lot from that. A lot of what we learned was how Facebook works and doesn't work. Um, a lot of it we were impeded by Facebook. The Facebook scandal coming out just at the end of it while we were trying to get access to things that we had access to only days before and then suddenly didn't have access to it because Facebook had to change the way Facebook works. Um, but, you know, we learned a lot. And that was to build, uh, I think, the kits... The kits was from uh, railroadkits.com, and it was nine bucks, I think, for the kit. Um, 
I bulk ordered some for people in the UK and distributed them to somebody in Norway and, a, you know, Trond up in Norway and a few guys in the UK. Um, and that was great, you know. That kit took... I, I built... Oh, my fiance built one. Uh, it took her about four hours on a Saturday afternoon while it was snowing to build one, you know. The Dannon Feeds Kit by Railroad Kits. Yes, it's a good-looking model. Yeah, and you it's can a good-looking so model. With that. So we ended up with people making a warehouse. Uh, some of the, the one of the ones that was one of my favorites um, was somebody did a like a fisherman's shack or boat repair thing. It was blue, and they had like an anchor hanging off the off the uh, off the front of it, and they had propellers, and it, oh, it was brilliant. Uh, yeah, so- the kit lend the kit lends itself to so many things. I'm looking at some of the entries here on my iPad. Yeah, people did wonderful jobs with it. It looks like you can do lots of things besides just build it as is. Well, you can. I mean, the thing is, you can with anything, but it's okay to just build it as is because, you know, that's how you learn. You learn so much. Um, my fiance had never. She'd built a DPM kit at Springfield. And she's never built a wooden kit before. And I tell you what, I've got it in my in our little display. I have a display case that's full of currently full of structures because I'm working from the structures AP. Um, but it sits alongside mine. You wouldn't know that that was the first kit someone had ever built. You huh. wouldn't know. You just wouldn't know. It, it fits in so well. Um, you know that it, it's not going to win a merit award, but that's not the point. Um, you know. And uh, it's a great, it was a great, yeah, it was a great exercise. We will do more contests, uh, but it just, that just one exercise just goes to prove the point that just having a go, you can do so much. Well, uh, yeah, it's great to learn. Like you said, you learned everything and you and Christina and, you know, Ken and Barbara can look at how this went, what, you know, and if you always look at what can I do better, that's probably the NMRA you know, way to do things. You take a box card to a contest and you get judged at so many points and then you get to ask, what could I have done better? You know, and I think like you said, at least you tried it. You had a wonderful kit. You got a wonderful response. We just have to work on the, on the Facebook side of it. Maybe they'll help us out next year or whenever it runs again. Well, I have a plan. I don't know if we'll do building a structure next time. I want to keep, I want to keep doing, there's so many different facets of the hobby uh, that I want to keep turning it around, doing something different. Um, so I'm not going to throw away what's next, uh, but we had a lot of feedback about different ideas that people had of different things we could do. Um, so I think next time you may want to get your small layouts, track planning heads on. That's about the biggest hint I can give, and I'm not giving away anymore. Um, but the, yeah, it'll be done through Facebook and Twitter again, but there'll be a different way. You're going to need to actually make a submission, I think. One of the things we learned was that we need people to post stuff. And ultimately, the the aim of the contest was to get people to start talking about social media, on social media about what they do, rather than hiding the hobby in the closet. You know, it was about get out the closet, people. And that's probably the wrong wrong phrase. But, so you know, certain, certain members of our community and a lot of my friends would understand where I'm coming from. Get out there and just tell people what you do. Because it's not it's not a dirty secret. There are many hobbies in this in this world that I can think of that you might have that you may not want to share all over Facebook, but model railroading isn't one of them, you know. Um, and that was what it was all about. So the next one, yes, there'll be a there'll be a big element of sharing with people on on Facebook and sharing in our online community. 
on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn if you want, as many different platforms as you want. However, I promise you this, you will have to submit to an email address so that I can actually get the submission properly <laughs> rather than having to do Facebook searches and try and find things. Because that was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> absolute I can imagine. Yeah. But this, I, th- I think con- this contest, it helped build what I call content. And by people sending in their pictures or videos of what they're doing, it helps our Facebook page. It helps our Twitter feed. And it's free. We're not taking up space in, a, in the magazine. We're not taking up, you know, other things. This is all free. We can post this and go, you know, here's something on Twitter. Here's the, here's the latest five entries of how to build a tree, how to do an engine, who did weathering. And, and I, I enjoy that because they're perfect platforms for showing off not only your finished work, but a lot of times in progress. I think as modelers, we always look, how did you do that? And I think these are the perfect platforms for doing that type of endeavor. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, we'll be doing one soon. We'll be pushing it in the regions around the world. It won't just be uh, a national thing. And when you say national thing in the British region, people think, oh, it's just an American thing. But no, it'll be an international uh contest again we're gonna just make it so easy so that uh people everywhere can join you know because we've got a lot of people on the facebook pages of the nmra that are in india and indonesia the philippines you wouldn't believe it um you know the hobby is huge absolutely huge the you know the nmra could probably open a region in every single part of the world and have members you know uh they might not all model uh, the Union Pacific, but they'll model, you know, <laughs> uh, what they see on their what they see in their countries. So, so that's cool. So let's let's pivot away from social media because I, I want an, I want to do another podcast, Tom, in social media. I want to get more of the of the media team involved. I want to get good. Uh, John from from the UK involved in the chat. I want to get uh, Christina Ganza Zambri, whatever you want to be this week, Christina Zambri. It's Christina Zambri. She's gonna she's gonna absolutely strangle me uh, for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christina, we'll get Barbara on from Boston. Um, we've got Ken out there in the West somewhere, West, West, long way West, even further West than you. Um, and we'll get we'll get them on. So some NMRA news that is like so hot off the press that my phone is still steaming from this so members should have got your e-bulletin yes i hope i hope you've got your e-bulletins uh if not you need to uh just let the nmra uh is it marketing at nmra uh, org and uh we'll sort that out so that you can get access to it but the latest news is that we have some appointments um so let me just find them some successes to celebrate if i can just find where somebody posted it for me here we go so congratulations to our new nmra president from the convention in kansas city in august will be uh president from 2018 onwards will be pete magoon mmr uh, Vice President of Administration will be John Stevens, ex-secretary. I'm sure, I've met John. He flies for Delta. I don't know if he's still if he's retired or not yet. Um, uh, Vice President Special Projects uh, remains as Jerry Leone, MMR and Honorary Life Member. 
uh, at large, North American director Jim Gore, MMR, great guy, uh, does the modeling with the Masters program. So if you're at Kansas City and you do modeling with the Masters, I'm pretty sure Jim will be there uh, getting his hands dirty, which is nice to see from a director. Uh, Eastern District director will be Bob Ham, MMR, and Pacific District director is Rob Peterson who I don't think I've met, but maybe I have. If I have, Rob, I'm sorry. Um, okay, and then other, even more wonderful news for people is that we have two new people to join the, the partnership program. The list is now absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. And the discounts, by the way, from US Airbrush Supply, which is, is badger. Um, they are... Um, absolutely fantastic should definitely for people in the British region uh, compensate your tax that you're going to get slapped with by customs as you import that stuff but anyway East Coast Circuits have now joined and they offer lighted emergency vehicles circuits for traffic lights transmission towers random structure lighting lots and lots of other things and they'll even build you some custom circuitry for your layout if you want TVs flashing uh, you want little random lights going on and off in your buildings. There, your people. Their stuff is absolutely awesome. And we've also got the model train catalog, uh, which is, I think, a piece of software. I think. I'm not 100% sure what the model train catalog is. However, the information I have is that it helps modelers keep track and manage valuable collections of any size. And it's adaptable to the way any modeler works. That's brave. I have not encountered it yet, Tom. No, I haven't heard of them either, but I see the uh, some I could probably use. <laughs> yeah, any model of work has not encountered me who's got N scale, HO, and O scale. And also in different, has got models in different sides of the Atlantic. So I've got British outline stuff, and I've got American outline stuff, and Canadian stuff. So it would be, yeah. We're approaching um, 40, 40 partners, almost 40 model road manufacturers and suppliers yeah it's over 40 if you count the ones in the british region oh okay i, I see <laughs> the ones here i'm looking at my list here so yeah. yeah yeah that's amazing yeah if you count the ones in the british region that have existed for quite a while it's over 40 so that's pretty cool and then other other little bit of news i have a i have a very upset doggy at the moment that's pacing the room sorry if people can hear him tapping around um other stuff where is it there are elections elections are happening uh, i'm just going to say it because this is for the british region anyway i can't find the thing with the list um there are going to be elections in 2019 for two posts that people in the british region can put themselves up for and one is the atlantic director current x x of kathy miller currently mike arnold's post and there is at world at large worldwide there we go i got it right at large worldwide director which was mike brestel but mike's time is um term expired so that's open uh, and that can be member of the nmra from anywhere in the world if you want to uh, be nominated you need to put a 400 word character 
statement, candidate statement, character statement. What am I saying? Candidate statement, and you need to submit it to uh, Carol Webb. And for British region members, details of how to do that are in your Roundhouse magazine. For NMRA members, there uh, everywhere there is information on how to do for both posts on nmra.org and log into the members bit and you'll find it under elections in the executive handbook blah 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 so there you go that is that's as much of our modeling news as, as i've got at the minute tom so that's very good cool. that's pretty I, cool. I see they're also they're also looking for the 2019 calendars if oh, you yeah. want to take a nice take a nice horizontal landscape photo of your layout or trains you could submit it digital file 35 millimeter or all, all kinds of Things that you should do, but Did it take uh, plate? they might, they might, if, you know, if if you're modeling the maybe the 1890s, that might be the way to to do it. But I know, I know, I submitted last year, and they and they and they took mine. I tried some photo stacking and came up with a really cool photo. So I know we just passed it's April, but if anybody wants to see my layout, you can see on the April calendar of the 2018 NMRA calendar you see a little glimpse of it that's quite an achievement well done Tom that's pretty Thank you. cool that's pretty cool so yeah people can do that of course the British region will also be looking for people for our calendar too so uh, contact Peter Bowen or, or David McLaughlin uh, to NC uh, stuff for like that yeah oh, oh there's loads of different oh there's loads of different types of photographs to do so you'll be absolutely fine um uh, what else? Do, what else? What else? You and I'll have to trade. We'll have to trade calendars. I didn't know there was a British region one. Oh yeah, I'll get you a British region one. Yeah, I'll send actually, you one. I'll have to one. trade. Yeah, we'll trade calendars. That's no problem. Uh, when I get one, I'll get. I'll send it. To you. <laughs> I'll send it to you to come out of the convention. <laughs> so it'll be like October, and I'll get one sent over. Um, and then obviously for members in the British region, um, if you want to go along to the British region convention, it's in Derby. Uh, it's in a fantastic building, Tom. It's in the, it's actually this year in the LMS Technical School, um, which is the which was London Middle and Scottish Railway. They were uh, merged from different what we call pre-grouping railways, which was railways around before nine, which was the railways before the 1920s, before World War One. They were merged under the government. All the railways in World War One uh, to contribute to the war effort, and afterwards the railways were absolutely trashed so the big four was was formed and one of them was the lms and it's at the signaling technical school so it's where um uh, your signaling and track maintenance people been back in the day would go and train so it's quite uh it's been done up as a conference center it's quite actually quite an impressive building um and uh, it's a great it's a great convention that was on there uh, hosted by one of our divisions and it'll be great again this year and then here's some really cool news in 2019 the british region convention will be in scotland so and i think i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's the first time it's going to be in scotland um it's not been in scotland for a very long time if, if at all so uh it's going to be really cool uh, conveniently for people listening in the States, and I know there are some avid listeners in Texas because I met them when I was out in the States at the beginning of uh, April. It's at Aberdeen Airport. There's no excuses. You can fly there very cheaply, probably cheaper than you can fly to Kansas City if you live on the West Coast. So consider it. <laughs> um, talking to Kansas City, are you coming to Kansas City, Tom? 
You going to be there? No, I will not. My vacation doesn't correspond to that. I, I wanted to go, but uh, I had to do the family vacation this year. So I'm going to live vicariously through you. Okay, I shall be there, tweeting away, photographing away, like last year. You'll, you'll get enough photographs from me. You know that. You'll be very good. Um, but it's Salt Lake City next year, so that I guess that technically means you could drive a train there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could, I suppose, but I don't know if they'd allow me. But you could ride. I'd, ra- I, I'd, I'd rather ride Amtrak out there. I think they go. Then I can sit in the lounge car. See, in the UK, you would if you worked on the railways, you get a rail, you get a, a driver's pass, and it pretty much allows you to ride the rails, ride the cushions anywhere. So because we have a lot of passenger trains all over the place you can ride the cushions down to wherever you were going so in the oh, uk nice. you would be able to show your upid and jump on amtrak for free and ride to salt lake you see yeah Never they mind. used to let us do that they used to but then amtrak became their own company and they they uh aged it out i suppose but i but i knew a lot of road you could travel on the amtrak trains that went on your railroad Right. Okay. So, so well, that would work, but that would. Yeah. Work. But never mind. Anyway, I think we've got we're at we're at like forty something minutes. So I think that's that's good introduction for for you, Tom. Thank you very much for taking the time. We should do this more regularly. So what I think we need to do is let's let's do another topic in a in a in a week or so's time, and let's try and get some some people that could want to come on the podcast if you want to come on the british region podcast it doesn't matter where you are in the world i will get you on the podcast uh just email news at nmrabr.org.uk don't forget the dot uk on the end so thank you very much everyone and thank you for listening to us thank you for listening